This is FT Lukens, and you are listening to the Super Lit Podcast. Intro music. My name is Brendan Patrick. We have Sophie Green with us and FT Lukens, and you're listening to the Superlit Podcast. The Superlit Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBTQIA community. Hello, everyone. Hello. Thanks for having me again. Oh my gosh, of course. I don't think, I just want to sit, start up and say, I don't think I've ever read a book this fast. I was like, okay, I'm giving my, <laughs> I was like, I can't stop. <laughs> I read to page 20 and then put it down for a day and then read uh it's 325 pages i think something like that um stopped in the middle of a chapter i did i put it you down read for the a first page like... of chapter two and then you said i'm good <laughs> i'm good i was at work <laughs> and i said oh let me fold some jeans no i put it down and then i think easter happened oh true yeah you know the lord he was doing something um he but reason yeah um i just want to i just wanted to start off with that that was such an enjoyable experience i was feeling thrilled <laughs> i love when people say that it's um it's a fun like oh i read it in so many hours or i read it in a day or whatever and then it like oh that's so flattering that you couldn't put it down but in the back of my head it's like that was 14 months of my life and you read it in like eight hours <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry we we got the books on friday and i was like well i guess this is it <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. No, no, that's that's super cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, do you want to tell us which book we're talking about today? Ah, uh, yes, we are talking about Spellbound, which is my newest release that came out on April 4th. Woo! That I, it's weird to f- say that was literally last week. Um, I don't know yeah. how it's already the 11th. I don't know how time has passed that quick. I don't know how we're in April. So that's just where I'm at mentally. Yeah. It, yeah this this year has flown by it really has oh, oh. <laughs> we we live near mennonites and they come out very rarely but when they do it's like a lot of children running around screaming having a great time love that for them um during mm-hmm. the holiday season they do reenact um the baby manger all of that stuff for jesus's birthday and did it's they have really a goat, fun. a goat or a donkey the one year? No, they had a what are they called? A miniature horse. There we go. <laughs> they just got their hands on oh, a miniature they horse. They had a little, they had a little Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was... don't. <laughs> have you great. seen the horse since, or did they rent the horse? They didn't. I don't, didn't see it this year. They have must have rented it. It's not like it doesn't like stay on the property. I don't think. But I, Which I, I do love that they have the like traditional um like we're getting the teens involved of like all the wise men were just wearing jeans underneath of their like robes like I love that (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) Hmm. tell it so tell us a little bit about spellbound 
Um, Spellbound is a contemporary fantasy, which is a little bit of a departure from In Deeper Waters and So This Is Ever After, which, you know, In Deeper Waters is a fairy tale, So This Is Ever After is a fantasy that's like mm-hmm. D&D. And, but Spellbound is a contemporary fantasy, so it's a little different. And it's about two rival apprentice sorcerers that um, don't like each other when they first meet. And they have to get along in order to save their mentors after they get in trouble with the big magic bureaucratic organization <laughs> i was what it st- started happening when the things started falling into place i was very scared for the kids <laughs> i was like oh no this seems very scary which one the creepy doll scene the haunted house scene no when the magical <laughs> police came after them oh <laughs> yeah like, no yeah that is a I scary was so scene excited. it has one of my favorite lines though which is it the gingerbread lie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like you had a very good time thinking of like, okay, what can I put in this book that is like a magical thing? Like the gingerbread house, uh, when you were trying to think of things that you could fit into here. So like the haunted house that mm-hmm. I loved that. I was like, oh, haunted house. Like actually, and there's a ho- just a house full of cursed objects. That sounds yes. amazing. So that was a lot of fun to write. And, you know, there's always been kind of, you know, in sci-fi media, you know, like the warehouses that that house like cursed things or mm-hmm. um, magical things and, and that kind of thing. And so I, I really drew a lot of inspiration from that. And so like, I think there was a show in the, on the sci-fi channel in the tens, that's weird to say in the 2010s, some mm-hmm. in, in there somewhere called the lost room. Um, which is about a room that is outside of our dimension and space, but there were objects in that room. And when they come out of the room, they have like magic powers and that kind of stuff. So it was kind of thinking about that premise, but making it a haunted house and making the cursed objects because the objects do weird stuff, like the rotary phone they find and then the curtains. (laughs) Um, That was so scary, the curtain scene. Out of all the things in a house that I would be, uh, that I should be afraid of, it would not be a curtain. Well, I was trying to think, I was like, what is something innocuous that like, you know, that people wouldn't think would be like harmful, like throwing open the curtains, you know, Mm. we see that like in different, you know, media, like, oh, let's throw open the curtains and bring in some light or dust Mm. them out, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And I was like, that's really just kind of action that no one ever thinks about, like, could this be dangerous? And so, of yeah. course, the main character doesn't think it's dangerous um, and does it. And then there's a mishap. Yeah. And <laughs> also just like even just like a welcome mat. Like, yeah. I fucking love the welcome mat so much. <laughs> so good. The, the welcome mat's an instigator. <laughs> Truly. The welcome mat's love like, them. okay, who am I going to prank today? yes the welcome mat gave rook a bloody nose made sun drop the creepy doll Mm -hmm. um one of my favorite things about it is like at the very end after the the little courtroom drama um antonia goes and rolls the mat up and is like this is mine (laughs) (laughs) no one else is to have this it's mine now Antonia, I think, um, just wanted to make sure it was taken care of, you know, put it somewhere safe. Mm -hmm. It's her her favorite thing. It's her favorite, very inanimate object, you know? (laughs) Your listeners are probably like, who's Antonia? Where did that come from? (laughs) 
you know the most powerful sorceress of you know the age you know just like a casual you know someone anyone could work for yeah it's my hero yeah (laughs) all day every every time she said anything i was like yeah let's go i'm here for yeah like anytime anyone was like are you shouldn't we not be isn't that illegal or like shouldn't you be like maybe not she's just finger gunning like i'm doing i'm doing (laughs) i already did it I've already done it. I, you, why you question? It happened. Like it happened already. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was really fun creating the. So Rook and Sun are opposites. So Rook is mm-hmm. the main POV character, and then Sun is the secondary POV character, and they're very opposite because you know Rook is very kind of happy-go-lucky, optimist, and Sun is just like grumpy, hates everyone. And then creating that kind of a little bit of a different dynamic between Fable and Antonia because Antonia is Rook's mentor and she is very much like you said finger gunning um you know (laughs) flipping somebody off and walking backwards you know (laughs) that kind of thing um and then Fable is like super rule driven and super like no these are the rules this is what the book says I don't want to get in trouble like no toe out of line and them the four of them just interacting with each other was always just really fun to write mm-hmm. where did you come up with the inspiration for the characters was there anyone specific or anything that was like i need a character like this in this book well sun is my personality on paper it, really that's not, that is that i know <laughs> you're um, so know. fun though not that sun <laughs> isn't but you're so fun well i mean i am super introverted i know that like nobody well maybe some people pick that up but i am very very introverted teen ft wore all black and wore baseball caps and hid behind um you know baggy clothing and and you know caps pulled down low and you know and i am very sensory defensive i don't like to be touched balloons are just a level of hell um for me just because of so many like sensory Mm -hmm. stuff so Mm -hmm. all of that anxiety all of that kind of I was like let me make a character that you know I I haven't really read a character like Sun before and I was like well let me just pour all of my stuff into a character Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then I just created in Rook the opposite but Rook also to keep him from being one note and just be like, you know, the golden retriever to Sun's, you know, black cat. I made sure to give him some layers and some depth. And that's kind of where, you know, his him grieving comes in, the loss of his grandmother, his ambition and his want to join the magical community is not fueled by like wanting to be the best or anything like that. He just wants to belong and he's really fueled by sorrow. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, so I, I wanted to, you know, create these different tropes and different relationships and that kind of stuff. But I wanted to make sure the characters were very layered. I felt like meeting Rook. Also, I love the name Rook. And I was like, wait, it's in, what What chess piece is that? That's the one that... The castle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was looking at that, I was like, I have to look into this to see what kind of like um, chess piece that is. And I was thinking of it. And that that does come up later when Rook is talking to Antonia. Um, his name comes up. Um, and I was like, oh, finally, like near the end, I was like, ah. But I loved reading both of the the kids. Um, I I I love a, a, a sunshiny person. I don't relate to that at all. It's not me in any way. <laughs> um, hair flip. But it was nice seeing because it it 
just like you said, it didn't feel like, oh, this is like a copy paste person. It was like a very layered uh, person. And I loved Sun so much because I feel like they were very grounding as a person who is very like energetic and like, <laughs> um, I feel like it's very good to have someone who is like grounding and a little bit different um, and moody, love moody. <laughs> someone who's a little spicy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sun is, you know, they really like is, is my, I don't want to say my favorite character, but like mm-hmm. is a character is very dear to me. Um, mm-hmm. And, and if anyone doesn't like Sun, I will be deeply hurt. I can't imagine. We will fight you. Would, but... <laughs> Turn on your location services. We all just want to chat. I just want to talk. <laughs> Turn on your scrying mirror. We have we have words. <laughs> oh my god. Sophie, how did you feel about the book? It was no, I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> I loved it. I think that I could definitely I could see or like and sense like kind of the same energy that you had in your previous book that we talked about because it did have that same kind of like camaraderie especially like towards the end when you're kind of like okay let's get the gang together to try to like fight the big bad um or like kind of everyone like pulling pulling together it had like like a glimmer of like a D party as well which i think is just kind of like nerd speak for like you've successfully made like a very good found family of characters that complement each other well really well <laughs> but i like my brain is always like okay so there's magic involved okay so the way this works is like this this okay that's like kind of like a sorcerer but this is like more like a wizard okay that that like paladin vibes all right like that's like how my brain is wired um <laughs> so like when you're just when you were describing like the difference between like Antonio and uh, Fable, especially, it was like okay, so we have like chaotic good and like yeah, <laughs> um, we have like. But would you say good. Antonia is good? I mean, she's well, not evil. Chaotic but neutral. Yeah, I, I think she's like kind of favorite, more yeah in that neutral realm because mm-hmm. you never really know her motives, and she really mm-hmm. does kind of keep things close you know to the chest and and doesn't you know and Brooke really has a hard time throughout the book getting a read on her like is she using me is she you know am I just another one of her rebellions is this you know does she really what is she what's her intentions what's she trying to do kind of thing and 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 she's just kind of a wild card Mm -hmm. I think that's why yeah exactly just like (laughs) big love um for that (laughs) I feel like every scene that she was in, it was like, okay, I'm supposed to be scared of her, but I'm not. I sh- I I can't be. I just love her so much. <laughs> she really is kind of a. Someone mentioned to me that they read her as kind of like Galadriel, but if Galadriel was, you know, had the ring, oh, and wow. and I was like, well, I think you know, may I I agree, but I also kind of think more she's like maleficent you know evil queen but just not quite that evil Mm -hmm. (laughs) she hasn't been pushed to that brink yet not yet she i i think she got close at one point and then Mm. her her first apprentice did go full maleficent Mm -hmm. and then she was the one that had to stop her that was rough to read (laughs) (laughs) just like reading any like when like we started getting like tidbits about her background i was just like oh no i would be full-blown bad if i had to do that if i had to be the one to handle something like that i don't necessarily think that 
she's responsible for what happened there. Um, I feel like their apprentice went into a situation was like, I can take advantage of this and be bad. And everything like the magical community being like weird towards her. I was like, but it's not her fault. <laughs> she's not mm-hmm. the one that did it. Yeah, she's in that regard, she's very Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking. Yeah. I was like, well, Anakin, hey. FT yeah. is just she's... gonna make like all yeah. the comparisons to just popular media, apparently, this episode. So <laughs> um... on the same level. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's very Obi-Wan in that regard, where her apprentice kind of went off the rails and then she's responsible for cleaning that up. Mm-hmm. That's like a teehee situation, like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go I live on a bad. desert planet for a couple of years and maybe i'll talk right. to a kid later i mean like i didn't mean it twirls hair is very pretty <laughs> just gonna go hang out with the jawas yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go cure some hexes anyone want to come in Why not? <laughs> yeah. um, um also i don't think i i connected the dots i'm so so sorry sophie you said hexagon quickly enough that my brain said hexagon and the way that when I was reading it, it was like hex uh, gone, not connecting it being like a a, a shape. Yeah. I'm, I'm really stupid. I was just like reading this, like not connecting the dots that that is a mathematical shape. You're that welcome. was one of the like funniest puns. I, I was like, <laughs> what can I name this agency that's just kind of silly? And I was like, hexagon. I was reading it as <laughs> such. I remember I met a, I used to work with a drag name a drag queen named I respect her and I had never I would always just yeah exactly I used to just call her Iris because we would that's just it and then she said something about her name being like feminist and like her respecting women and I was like what she goes have you ever said my full name I was like no you're just Iris and she's like say it slowly (laughs) like oh slower oops yeah um but that is I've, everyone rags on her for the name of the, the her shop. I think it's very funny. I well, just I didn't mean, get it because I'm dumb. <laughs> I um. so everyone makes fun of the hexagon, but everyone also makes fun of Spellbinder. Like yes. mm-hmm. they're like, are you sure that's what you want to call it? <laughs> that's not a good name for it. It's the name I came up with. It's great. I support the name Spellbinder. To be completely honest, <laughs> truly, I I truly thought of like an actual like binder in school and you put things in it and you know my trapper keeper yeah exactly Exactly. that's that's exactly what it's supposed to be (laughs) yes that is that was exactly the the idea behind it it just that it's a you know like a tablet you know version of of like what we used to have as binders like trapper keepers that kept Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you know stuff in and um that's what it was supposed to be um but also can pick up magical (laughs) wi-fi I love that. I love we that love so a, much. a new fangled iPad. <laughs> Magic pad. I I think I, the one thing that I really liked in the book is that there's a part where Sun gets turned into a, like a, a like a magical not a magical animal but like is magically like turned. a familiar. Yes. yes. Um. And I was like, oh wait, how would I have answered that question? How would you? <laughs> how would y'all have answered that question? Without um, knowing the outcome. <laughs> yeah. I of the of the three, if I was only given the three choices, then I would pick cat, definitely. Because mm-hmm. I am not a dog person and birds are gross. So 
I just defended every bird I think, lover. I, think, I love I that. I think out of any of the birds that had, like any of the birds, any of the animals that needed to be carried, uh-huh. um, I think cat is the easiest. Yeah. Um, and I think it does fit sun the best. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I was kind of obsessed. I was also wondering, like, on the book art, like, who this little guy was. Yes. Who's this little cat? I was like, <laughs> oh, it's just a cat on the book. That's cool. Love that. So I wanted to put them in a situation where, like, of course, you know, the premise is Rook doesn't have magic and, mm-hmm. and Sun does and Sun is ingrained in the magic community. But I wanted to put them in a situation where, you know, Rook has to figure everything out on his own and mm-hmm. um, Sun is present, but not able to help. But I didn't want to, like, do something traumatic and strip Sun of their magic. I wanted mm-hmm. to do something that was uh, a little more maybe just fun (laughs) fun and cute so yeah that's what i did (laughs) well it turns out that rook is a cat person um loves cats yes and and also it was super fun i I, i'm thinking of like what what would happen if you were magically all of a sudden a cat and and um my editor actually you know in those scenes was like can you make them a little more cat-like and I was like yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) I was just holding back (laughs) um so that's where like the batting of the shoelaces comes in and like the chasing the lizard in the forest and like Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff was my editor like you know make them a little more with the cat instincts and I was Mm -hmm. like okay not a problem (laughs) <laughs> Sophie, I'm assuming you would also turn into a cat? Yeah, I think so. Probably just because it would be more fun, I think. And mm-hmm. my only other input is that in the, to reference more, uh, more other media, in the True Blood books, Sam is always like, I hate being a bird. It's so exhausting to fly. It hurts my arms so bad <laughs> when he turns into a bird. So I was like, yeah, it seems seems like too much work. I don't think I would want to be you a bird. You would have to have like really big arms to be a, like fly all the time. Beefy. Yeah, beefy yeah. boy. Um, um, Definitely a cat, I think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, <laughs> to surprise no one, I feel like I would pick a dog only because um, I would love that. <laughs> would be so happy. I can. I don't know if anyone can hear. Speaking of cats, Shadow is absolutely screaming in the kitchen right now. Oh, Sophie's one probably, cat. It's just fucking it up down confused here. Confused why all the doors are closed suddenly. Yeah, I hear um, everyone talking. Why am I not involved? There you go. I, I will <laughs> say. I think. Like. I mean. It is definitely like a uh, like a great magical trope of like oh no someone's uh, suddenly an animal and they cannot speak. Yes. and I loved the like the initial moment of Rook just being like okay this is the plan we're doing this and this and this and Sun is like internally like yeah those that's exactly what I would do also and then he's like and then we're gonna overthrow the government basically and Sun's like wait no 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 that one wait a, like, wait a minute they meow <laughs> said or something that? like no and then Rook's like see you agree with me great moving on yeah. <laughs> and it's like that who said like, that my favorite thing <laughs> when that like line of communication is broken when there's just one character it's like yeah mm-hmm. if you you said you responded so you agree with me obviously and you get the internal monologue of like no 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 I didn't say that like that's not what happened. <laughs> That's not what happened at no, all. There was a line that I, I loved, like, when I was imagining the book and, and coming up and outlining and stuff, there was a line that I was like, 
I really wanted to write. And it was um, Sun just being like, so I'm a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, me? I'm a cat. And the reason is that, have you guys ever watched um, The Emperor's New Groove? I haven't, but I think, yeah, I was going to say Sophie has. So there's that at the very end when they're throwing the potions at each other mm-hmm. um and the one is the one guard is turned into a cow and he's like so i've been turned into a cow can i go home <laughs> me not showing up to work so i'm a cow well. i can't come in today <laughs> right can i go home Do you mind? so like that kind of cadence of the way that that line is read has been in my head for like since I watched that movie you know 20 years ago so like when I got the opportunity to write so I'm a cat I just really wanted to just it was already written it's like okay I need to find a book to put this into right I think the line is uh now now I'm questioning myself I think the line is so I've been turned into a cat so I've been turned into a cat like something like that but it's just that the cadence of how that line was read in that movie has always just stuck with me because I found that hilarious yeah (laughs) I wonder now I wonder looking for yeah um it's it's the first line of a chapter I was gonna say assume it has to be the first line of a sun chapter Mm -hmm. yeah um, speaking of, while you try to find that, Sophie, is the mm-hmm. the person who did the artwork for this book the same as the last two? Yeah, it's Sam Schechter. Oh my god, um, amazing! They're amazing. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I am so lucky to have such beautiful cover art and have great, great cover design, which is done by uh, Rebecca Syracuse, um, and to have those two on my team to make such beautiful covers that you know like people go in the store and see them and like i don't care what this is about it's being <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. who are they we are judging a book by its yeah. cover actually right. <laughs> please judge the book by its cover it's beautiful <laughs> exactly and then and then um you know a couple times you know folks will read it and be like oh i like what's in between the pages too <laughs> Well, I mean, love when that happens. I, I when I when I first opened the book, I think I saw a picture of it on your Twitter, and then when I first opened the box of the book, I was like, "Oh my god!" First of all, son, how dare you? I get it. <laughs> I understand. I just also I like the the way that the like the magic is happening for Sun. Like mm-hmm. this is really cool. And again, I'm obsessed with the cat. And it looks like it's like jumping out of like a poof of magic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was such a cool detail. Uh, is this the haunted house? <laughs> I'm yes, imagining that. It is. Yes. yes. It is. It has a very Scooby-Doo vibe, which I also mm-hmm. really love. <laughs> I honestly, yeah. So there's two. There's the um, green version, which is the the regular edition. And then there is the Barnes and Noble special edition, which is the purple version. Mm-hmm. Which is, they're both really shiny and pretty. And then there's a third version, which is the fake crate version, mm-hmm. um, which has different cover art um, by Ooh. a different illustrator. That's cool. Um, and it's super cool, too. You can see that on my Instagram. Oh, that's, I think I, I retweeted that earlier. Yeah, I will be looking. <laughs> I will be trying, yeah. uh, oh. I did find the line and it's uh-huh. just, yes. so dot, dot, dot. I was a cat. Okay. This wasn't <laughs> ideal. <laughs> oh yeah, this is not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> Which like the cadence transfers to the text very, like yeah. you this in your head. Like, yeah, that's how I read that line. <laughs> I need to watch that now so I can hear it. <laughs> 
Well, I'm so down to watch Emperor's New Groove. Um, <laughs> oh, and you know what? I forgot. Yzma gets turned into a cat too. She does. <laughs> oh my god! I totally forgot about that until right this moment. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, she does get turned into a cat. I just, I honestly, I hear a lot, and it's because of Juju B from RuPaul's Drag Race doing the one. Oh, or the kid. Like, yeah, where she's <laughs> a sensible seventy-eight. <laughs> I just I hear I hear it and now anytime I think of Emperor's New Groove I just think of Juju B in drag doing that like skit and I honestly think that makes the movie even better. <laughs> that movie is just bizarre. I, I it's probably dis I won't say because th- there might be something a little more bizarre in Disney's catalog, but that one is pretty up there as in terms of just really kind of bonkers humor um yeah which you know is up my alley <laughs> <laughs> it feels it's like that... one i've seen like very cartoony hijinks yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's in that weird pocket of disney where they had just gone through like the renaissance and no longer had howard ashman on their team and were kind of just like what do we do now and they were like hercules emperor's <laughs> new group and then like in the background um Oh, what's the, I can't, I can't remember the animator's name, but the two animators screaming, being like, we want to do Treasure Planet. And they're like, yeah, work on something else first. And they're like, but can we do Treasure Planet? Wait, Treasure Planet is Disney? Yes. Uh, yes. And it was like basically Superb. held against the animators for years to d- work on other projects instead. Because oh, wow, it was such a, it was like such a passion project for them that they mm-hmm. were pushing for it so hard and like disney execs were like i think it's michael eisner was CEO. some dude I... with a rat tail i don't know that doesn't <laughs> sound like a relatable character every once in a while i go down a wormhole of like disney history and i'm just like yeah wow this is all right those poor people wow. they really but yeah um I, it's in this weird pocket where they had just finished like this run of like little mermaid lion king like aladdin like all of the really big ones and then they were like emperor's new groove what's the, it, they like a, the vibe is weird but it's, it's good yeah it's it's a weird movie and it's um yeah like it, the movie makes fun of itself constantly oh um, i love that some of the jokes are really like very meta and um like one of them it's it's a chase scene and they were like the the bad guys get there before the good guys and they were like mm. how did you get here before us and they pulled down a map and they're like by all accounts it doesn't make sense <laughs> <laughs> That's a travel by map. I mean, <laughs> this. I love that. So, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry that I asked about Emperor's <laughs> New Groove, everyone. First <laughs> podcast where we just talk about Disney stuff. <laughs> only actually, no, we only talk about Emperor's New Groove. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that, there um, it is. That's just how my my brain works. It collects things from different media over the years, and then it uh-huh. spits it back out. <laughs> well, Sophie and I only talk to each other in mostly Vine references. Um. And I scared my poor boyfriend because I was like, oh, before you like meet Sophie, you should probably watch a few Vine compilations so you understand what she and Here's I are talking primers. about at any time. And he was like, what do you mean I have to do this? <laughs> this poor man. I was like, please, it, you'll just, I think you'll understand the way that Sophie and I speak more to each other, especially if you just watch like 
a 10 minute video. That's it. <laughs> My brother and I speak to each other in Simpsons quotes all the time. <gasps> Amazing. And, and we'll say them to each other and we'll have like these just, you know, we'll, we'll like say one and then we'll giggle and then we'll say another one and giggle some more. And we just have whole conversations like that. <laughs> I love that. My nephew just started watching The Simpsons and he's like, there's so oh, many, wow. he goes, there's just so many seasons of good television. It's like, well, you're not, you're not wrong. There's, there's there, a are lot of se- there are so many seasons. There, there are seasons. Some of them are good television. There are seasons. <laughs> there, there are, are seasons. seasons. He's not wrong. Um, but I'm just, I'm happy that he's on that experience. I think I actually, when I was, when I finished reading the book 10 minutes ago, um, I, <laughs> I think I, I saw in the acknowledgement that this is like one of your like uh, most personal books that you've yes. written. Um, can you explain it to us a little bit? Oh, you're getting serious. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I to bring it to, down. <laughs> yeah, I, I lulled you in with that first new group. Um, yeah, it was it's one of my more personal books, and it's really just because of um the themes of self-acceptance and and self-love and conversations around gatekeeping and and conversations around just you know who belongs to certain communities and and that kind of thing and it was a really like I said son and I share a lot of you know similar anxieties and insecurities and and those kinds of things so it was really you know great for me to to uh write that you know, in a, in a book and, and then have the characters just accept that person as they are. <laughs> so uh, that was nice. But um, yeah, I also oh, like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I don't know whose end that was on. I think it was. On. That was I heard sorry. a very large car sorry. horn outside. As yeah. you're having like an extreme. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they're still honking. They said, no, no, no. Go back to talking about our first group. <laughs> oh, sorry. I should have asked the same question. Please stop. It's still going. Hello? The Zoom meeting just asked me if I'm playing. It's going to have to be some like serious editing going on. It just, I just got a pop up that said, Are you playing music? Are you you playing Charlie XCX? No, I don't know if we're going to come back from that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> no. oh thank you mysterious car horn person can you explain yeah. why this book is personal yes no car horn, car horn. <laughs> anyway what was i saying yes this is a very personal book for me yes the end yes. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, as I was saying, yeah, about the themes and the characters and everything, um, mm-hmm. it is a, a a very, you know, personal book. And also, you know, Rook in the book um, is grieving and, it, and you know, uh, is a, an important loss to him. And um, when I was writing this book, my dad had just passed away. And as I was writing, I wrote an article for School Library Journal about Spellbound and processing grief and... Uh, it's up now. Folks can read it. It's on the um, School Library Journal Teen Toolbox site. And it talks about how, as I was writing the book, my, my dad had just passed away. But as I was writing that article, my mom had just passed away. So it's, you know, that those feelings of 
you know, having to work through grief and everything that Rook is working through is, is my kind of current reality. Mm-hmm. So car horn that. <laughs> car horn sound. That's, I mean, that yeah. is, I can't imagine um, working through that, but I, I'm, I would hope so, that it was like somewhat cathartic to kind of put that kind of energy into something so creative and kind of mm. give it a little bit of a life in someone else as well to kind of like help with that yeah um, that article I sobbed writing it and then I sobbed editing it and then when they posted it I was like I'm not reading it again I can't <laughs> um especially mm-hmm. since I was in the airport so I was oh, like, oh no. absolutely yeah, not no. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so I just was like y'all can read it if you want everyone around me can read this but i won't be exactly like yeah you guys can read that and i will just stay over here i have a soft spot for books that have um kick-ass and or just normal grandmothers and i really loved that the magic that is described that when rook is talking about the magic that his grandmother would cast it felt like a warm hug it felt Mm -hmm. like butterflies that like all of that to me like if I close my eyes and think of like something that describes love like that is exactly it and I just I really loved like learning about his grandmother like as the book went on that was really nice I think that I think a that rounded him out but also rounded out this idea of like who his grandmother was Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and it was just like really interesting to see and also to like just like learn more about her and to like find out that she's this like kick-ass person um who is very much like his current mentor um that was awesome I love that and I just I I think when Rook is describing like when he's trying to like learn how to cast when he's like getting there and he's like thinking about it and thinking about magic like that's the thing he thinks of and it was just like so sweet and it was like I'm not even thinking of the ley line which is the thing that's important I'm thinking of like the person and like the like the familiar love if you will I absolutely like so Sophie, you know this. Every, every time there's a grandmother in a book, I'm like, oh no, there's a grandmother. <laughs> Not this. Not this. I can't do it. <clears throat> um, no, it was just it was very nice. And I think there was a lot of like love and care put into like her character and to I think also like the magic system in this book. I don't think we've read anything that involves like ley lines or any kind of like drawing magic like that. Is is that right, Sophie? I'm, I'm like going through the Rolodex in my head of stuff. But <laughs> the closest um, thing was the fancy Victorian boys, but mm-hmm. that. Sorry, um, but that, <laughs> this is a reflex. Um, <laughs> did you say gay Victorian boys? Um, uh, no, I no, I think the I mean the magic system definitely had some like roots in it that I recognize I mean like as soon as you mentioned ley lines in like a fantasy I'm like all in I'm like all right we like we've got this we're good like this is this is good stuff but I love that like the characters um magic was all kind of like individualized Mm -hmm. like there's like a moment sort of like in the middle where sun is like maybe somewhat begrudgingly trying to help like Rook understand um and they're like how does the magic feel to you and he like doesn't know how to like describe it and son is kind of like this is how the magic feels to me like I feel it here and like in my chest and like what do you like what do you really think of and like the rook tying that all to like kind of that warmth that he feels from felt from his grandmother is just like really fantastic and then I absolutely love the scene where 
I, I love in like a fantasy where it, when it's a modern fantasy, you kind of get this crossover and you kind of like, it's not that complicated actually. When son is like, how do you feel? Do you do kind of fizzy, like a little like soda? Okay, I'm coming over with like a Sprite yeah. and yeah. some Pop Rocks. Like I'm at your door with Pop can, Rocks. Like I love that. It's like, yeah, magic is like intuitive and it's this kind of like beautiful thing that you have to like pull from within and stuff, but also like, you can kind of just maybe just try drinking a soda and see if you get that same kind of vibe. Just like kickstart it a little. Like I mm-hmm. love, I loved that scene so much. Like that was so cute. Well, a few, a few points, you know, Brooke's grandmother kind of having this other life that he didn't know about was just kind of a, you know, we have our parents and our parents and we have our grandparents and, and those kinds of things. But, you know, before I came along in my family, my parents had lived this whole other life um, and had Mm -hmm. all these other, you know, things that they did when they were growing up and, you know, had dynamics in their family that were different than the dynamics that we had in our family when I was, you know, growing up. And it's just kind of that idea of there are things that I will never know about them Mm -hmm. and things that I'll never know about my grandparents because, you know, they just weren't talked about or brought up or, or anything like that. So that's kind of where that idea came from of, of his grandmother having lived this whole other magical life that he just wasn't really aware of. And, and it brought him kind of closer to her the more he learned about it. And then the butterfly piece was, you know, in my books, I try to show really the different at the different kinds of love that you can have, like, you know, a love for a grandmother, a love for a sibling, a love, you know, for another person, you know, the, those different, different kinds of, of love, familial, friendly, you know, romantic kind of thing. And if you notice, you know, uh, Rook associated butterflies with his grandmother, but also he associates some with butterflies too. Like he gets butterflies in his stomach and, mm-hmm. and stuff when sun's around. So um, kind of tying uh, all those different kinds of love together. So yeah, and then the scene for ley lines. Well, ley lines are super popular in, I mean, not super popular in fantasy media, but they exist, you know, and they're in right. the 80s and 90s fantasy media where when I was the growing up, stuff. yeah, they, they were there, you know, and that's how I learned about them. And so, you know, when you play Magic the Gathering and you tap mana, you know, you're tapping a mana line of magic. The, the force is a background magical field, kind of mm-hmm. like a ley line. You know, <laughs> so yeah, um, that trope is is there in in different fantasy media. So I had come up, my brother and I had come up with the idea of the magical Wi-Fi, but you know, I you guys have read this ever after where I like to use like different shortcuts and tropes for readers to to make things accessible. And so mm-hmm. when uh, we had come up with the the like magical grid in the city of the ley line of the lines of power and the magical Wi-Fi and stuff, where I took that idea and merged it with the already existing ley lines and kind of smashed them together mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know i can see what i just did with my hands but i just like smashed <laughs> smashing your hands together, smashed together. smashing uh, their hands together i mean no I, it's like very clever just like in a mm-hmm. writing perspective too because then you do have this like environmental element that is hap- like with the characters of like well we could do this thing at antonio's because she has this crazy power ley line like right underneath her shop right and now we're over here and it's like i can i got one bar like it's yeah, barely it's there like, really. like, mm-hmm. that is exactly what we were talking okay so my brother and i are as you 
you know, have guests are like massive nerds. And <laughs> we have these conversations all the time about world building and stuff like that. And that's what we were kind of getting at with like, you know, we have cell phones that pick up cell towers and um, computers that can pick up Wi-Fi signals and that kind of stuff. But, you know, if we created like a magical Wi-Fi, and, but you were in one area and you only had like one bar, like... <laughs> what yeah. are you gonna what do else could you pack could you cast you know mm-hmm. like um versus you know being in 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 the case of spire city like being in you know antonio's office or being by the consortium office or uh being in that one you know complex with the singing mice you know being near like a line of power and being able to you know have access to all your spells versus you know being um in rook's apartment complex that has no power like what can Mm -hmm. you cast at that point so yeah that was that was really the idea I love it I think I think it did a I did a brilliant job of like as you said kind of like shorthand communication to the reader if they like kind of just need like a quick understanding of the magic but it also created like tension towards the end when they're kind of separated from where they were or you know when they go to different locations without having to throw in like a random like MacGuffin that's kind of just like uh we suddenly can't do magic because uh, the plot demands that we have limited (laughs) magic at this point so like yeah so it's like oh no this has been explained this is part of the like world already and it is like affecting the characters now at this point so I think it's really brilliant Oh, I also loved that it like kind of created sort of like a way for like a giant corporation that is basically like, well, we own the magic and therefore Mm. we can determine how much of the magic is available to you because we are Comcast and we will limit the internet in specific areas. (laughs) Exactly. Because we don't think they deserve fast Wi-Fi. Like it was it like every like kind of part of the book where in the plots where it like hit like it was it just really fit perfectly it was like it was brilliant yeah I'm so glad you brought that up because the the word consortium you know is a is a word for like a bunch of businesses together you know come Mm -hmm. together and create a consortium and that's kind of why (laughs) I use that word because it's the the magic it's a business model it's Mm -hmm. not so much law and yeah oh you know, you can't have that because it's illegal because of any kind of safety reasons or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's really about the flow of money. Um, yeah. That's why they have to have their consortium certified certificates in the window, you know, like their little health score. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> and uh, why like the the sorcerers have a discount card for when they mm-hmm. go to, you know, go to other magic places they can be like oh yes I'm a sorcerer um and they get the the sorcerer discount and it's just because they want to you know and and Fable and Antonia talk about like the consortium takes so much of their profits um Mm -hmm. that they have to pay in to be able to get their little magic certificate and so when they go to these you know to break curses and and that kind of stuff like when they go to the little pig nose girl's home you know the the mom is upset because of uh the neighbors are using a heated pool spell um Mm -hmm. that is draining the line so that her floating chandelier might not work and her floor spell uh might not work so yeah Mm -hmm. it it was all kind of commentary on capitalism and natural resources (laughs) yeah i mean wrapped up in a fantasy world (laughs) my favorite thing um but it, no it, it like felt especially yeah like the more it's like kind of explained and it's like well 
magic is sort of it might be a finite kind of right but we actually aren't sure but the people who are have put themselves in charge are going to like go on the basis that it is and therefore Mm -hmm. will control in that and it just made it it yet added that like that wonderful little like uh anti-capitalist little twist um as opposed to i mean perhaps more uh, traditional magic where it's kind of like well magic has a cost and you have to if you use a spell you have to give something which is great Mm -hmm. you know usually works in a traditional fantasy setting but this is just like magic literally has a cost and it's money (laughs) (laughs) well it literally has a cost yeah (laughs) But um, uh-huh. thank you. You were the first person that has brought that up to me. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, no, serious. <laughs> in, in um all the all the things that I have done that to this point, no one has really we've not really talked about the the capitalism of the magic world in, in spellbound or the 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 way that uh everything is is based off of you know who who has the money to purchase magic and who does not. Mm-hmm. 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 And that's why there's black market spells. I love that. <laughs> yeah. The singing mice really, um, really got me. <laughs> but I was like, oh, that's so funny. It's like Cinderella. And then it's like, it's like Cinderella. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> that would be literally the war. I I would have moved out of that building. I would be like, hey, landlord, I'm so sorry. Um, it's either I move out or I burn this place down. <laughs> It's just a well-meaning theater major. Um. It's a well-meaning homosexual that needs some kind of advice <laughs> to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of the, the fun things about writing this book was thinking about all the little adventures for Rook and Son to go on. Yeah. And I was like, what what can what adventures can I come up with? You know, and so it was the haunted house and then the little like coffee date and mm-hmm. then, you know, uh, the little, the little girl's house, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, what, what I need something weird. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the singing mice came from. I was obsessed. I, it. I, I like that too. It was like truly like, well, I guess they're ca- when the people call in, they're categorized as an emergency, or can we get back to you within 24 hours? Right. Like, I love the like phone bank situation that Rook ends up falling into. But I, yeah, I love the like, well, it's not really like in life da- in danger, but I am going insane slowly because there's someone is constantly singing. Yeah, yeah, the no. the phone call with the mom. It's like you know, okay, so it's just her nose. She's not like going full pig, and the <laughs> mom is like, "Are you serious?" And then, um, and then later he was like, "Well, I just and Antonio was like, I would have asked the same thing. She's yeah, not, like, like going full pig. <laughs> yeah, that depends. Like that dictates how quickly you'll be getting to your house." <laughs> Yeah, and I love that the little girl was like, I kind of like it. I was like, I was kind of hoping. Favorite character, Peppa I was Pig. really kind of hoping Pig. that they would just yeah. let yes. keep it, honestly. It was 100% Peppa Pig. Yes. I like read <laughs> it and I was like, Peppa Pig, Peppa Pig, Peppa, Peppa Pig. Pig. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hope I don't get sued, but that was like 100% a nod to Peppa Pig. It wasn't Peppa Pig. There's, well, it also, I mean, <laughs> it is Peppa made Pig me in the room about, with us? Um, uh Penelope I think is the name of the movie yeah, which I think a, was also a book yeah. I watched that movie too much. it's on my like list of like I just need something to be like all right let me reboot my brain let me watch Penelope real quick yes but like 
um Catherine O'Hara's character in that movie was like what I was picturing with this mom because she's like hysterical <laughs> that her Thank child God. has a pig nose and the kid is like I'm kind of okay like this is like I'm like this a is child. fine this is yeah. kind of great actually yeah and she's like it'll take like two days to go away and they're like yeah it's like it's, it'll go away that like it, it's fine and she's you like got some magical creatures in your yard that, that could ever happen yeah. <laughs> well maybe the worst thing that could have happened to her is her chandelier would have fallen but yeah. um <laughs> but as fable explained that they would you know send somebody out to clean it up and fix it that they've got great follow-up service yeah and tony was like you can do that yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna go get in my sports car you can right do now. that but i won't be helping you <laughs> my assistant fable will be helping you one <laughs> <laughs> of one of the other fun things in the book is like at one point someone was you know referred to fable and son and rook as antonia's minions and she's like as if this yeah. would be my these would be my minions <laughs> Don't talk about anyone other than my sweet boy like that. <laughs> Only Rook. Well, sort of on that same line, I literally am just thinking of this now, but I think Antonio only refers to Sun as Minion throughout yeah. the book. Is that just because she's like the way that she is? Or is it kind of like in line with the naming being kind of like a specific, like it's like a gift, you get a gifted name and that's kind of like a personal thing? Or... So that was a, so um, <laughs> Sun's name was not originally Sun. Oh. It was something else. And, and that was a joke that was a holdover, but I kept it in because I liked it so much that she just referred to Sun as Minion. <laughs> I, I mean, I love it either way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, she really does think of, because you know it moves from like a derogatory word um because mm. oh that son that's fables minion you know kind mm -hmm. of thing that you know to to something that's like you know a term of endearment towards the end like are you right minion yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that's it it was just a fun little you know kind of progression of antonia's character in relationship to son it was cute <laughs> Also, I, I liked in the book when um, Sun and Rook would see each other, they'd be like, you, me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> me. Oh, it's me. Yeah, like, I, I was imagining in my head all the different dumb ways that I would respond to that. Like, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I was like, I was just picturing, like, every time that that happened, that Rook would be like, <laughs> like, like, point, like, <laughs> And then yeah. Be like, yeah, it's very different. Like, um, Rook is like you, and Sun's like me. <laughs> uh, oh no, I've been uh, spotted. And yeah, and then Sun would be like you, and Rook's like me. <laughs> so, um, me? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was just a, a a fun little thing that kind of just popped up uh, in in their first or their second meeting, and then mm. I just carried through the book. Yeah, I mean it's so it's sweet too because like towards the end they obviously are, have more affection for each other, so it's kind of right. like a you me, and then you're like, oh okay, yeah, <laughs> my heart, the two of them. Um, I <clears throat> I think the way that you write like romantic like interests for each other, I I like that the the last book we read it was it was presented in a different way of like 
these <laughs> these two people not being able to profess their feelings for each other because oh no it can't be right like this can't my best friend can't possibly love me that's just not how this works and in this it's like no please do not pay attention to me oh no you're paying attention to me <laughs> shit i like that um <laughs> and now i'm a cat god damn it i don't know how to not her uh someone turn turn the turn the engine off um <laughs> It was it was it was very nice. Uh, like, and I was thinking about the the way they were presented, and I love how different they are. Um, but it still feels very much like you're the one writing them. Um, and just the the kids are just nice to to read about. Very good. <laughs> yeah, Arik and Matt definitely spent a book talking past each other and and not being able to communicate well and and not being able to um he didn't really listen to the other person and and they're just both oblivious really and mm-hmm. yeah and they spent the book like oh he can't really like me no he uh you know i i can't do this because i'm gonna be tied to the throne or um i don't want to be the second choice you know kind of thing and um there was just a mess and these two they don't like each other at first but then they become friends and then it kind of moves towards that friendship to something more and it's very like yeah with son it's like don't perceive me (laughs) (laughs) um but then it's like oh damn it you're perceiving me and i like it (laughs) you can perceive me as a treat and that's it (laughs) (laughs) and then with rook is just so like you know, in the beginning, just kind of so overwhelming. And then, you know, as the relationship evolves, kind of just, you know, realizes, okay, let me pull back a little bit. Right. And, you know, be myself, but make sure I'm staying within, you know, the boundaries that that son has set. So yeah, Yeah, he's, he's very sweet. And like, is like you said, very like bubbly, very golden retriever, very high energy. But as soon as like, it clicks, and it very early on, that that energy is maybe perhaps something to be toned down a little, uh, at least with like, one on one interactions with son, Rook is pretty much immediately like, Oh, okay, I got this. Like, I think, I mean, like the first kind of moment where I think they go into an elevator, like for the first time, um yeah. and, I and the singing mice uh, no, yes um, yes after they're done with the singing mice and rook immediately is like not like oh are you okay what's going on what's happening what's wrong like a million questions he's like is it the small space or in an elevator like what's happening like i know it's a thing's happening and like very like direct okay what do you need what can i do like what what's like even at that point in the book where they are not necessarily right do you need me to talk or do you need me to shut up like that yeah that line was perfect i was like okay so i mean he's still like a sunshine little baby but also like obviously well it created his spellbinder but is obviously very intelligent kind of emotionally as well Mm -hmm. what's that sometimes (laughs) the smartest people are just not not smart i'm talking about myself Uh, (laughs) but yeah, I th- I think it was it was nice to see him immediately like, oh, okay, I I'm not gonna touch you again without asking. Like, if you fall, it's gonna be like, uh, ooh, okay, let me hands off. Mm-hmm. Um, nice to see that to for Rook to understand like, okay, um, hey, this is a stranger. I shouldn't just hop to this thing. Um, but also like, I should be respectful of other people's boundaries. It was great day. I think had you had mentioned it is kind of like a your own person in there I, I will also put myself in that pool of like 
I'm good. You don't touch me unless I like, you know, we talk about it, whatever, like literally anything. But um, Mm -hmm. I think it was written really well in like, I feel like I've seen this kind of like, I don't want to say trope because I don't think it's a trope, but I've seen this kind of like sensory thing that's been put into a character and it's kind of like done in a way that makes it feel really isolating when they're like, oh, well, this person has this thing and they just like, they don't want to be touched and that's a problem. And that's like a huge deal. And the way it's handled in the book is like very respectful and it's not like drawn upon and it's not something that's like made a big deal of. It's just kind of like, this is an aspect of this person and it's great that we are understanding this and giving them the space they need and like respecting their boundaries. And it's just kind of like put into the character relationship like really really well I think it's it's um like I said I I am very sensory defensive um Mm -hmm. there's a touch I I don't do well with touch being touched and also touching things (laughs) uh I was at one of my stops on the on the in-person tour and they were like do you want to pick up this piece of chalk and write on our trope board what your favorite trope is and I was like I'm not touching chalk it's just not happening um and you're so right for that (laughs) and I was like yeah so you you would can you write it for me (laughs) you know but I'm not touching that but you know there's there's two kind of sides to that and it's also the kind of two different sides to to sons and rooks you know uh conversation about pronouns it's to all you know show how easy acceptance can be of just mm-hmm. someone saying, no, I, I would not like to be touched. Or, mm-hmm. And also, you know, how easy it is to, for someone, if you say, I use these such and such pronouns that it's easy for, you know, that the, the other person is be like, oh yeah, cool. Okay, thanks for mm-hmm. letting me know mm-hmm. and and move on. Um, but mm-hmm. it also the, the reverse side of that is that to show that, my to the younger readers that they have a right to tell people not to hug them that they have exactly, a, you know yeah. you have a right to your bodily a- autonomy and and say um right now I would not like a hug I don't want you know to you to hold my hand you know whatever and then as you you know relationships evolve and, and change and stuff like that and by the end of the book you know it's it's son reaching out to hold the hand you know mm-hmm. and say yes um I will you know I will accept you holding my hand at this moment <laughs> yes um, this is an acceptable time mm-hmm. um, right and and also to show you know with, with the the non-binary conversation that you know it's it's okay to say please refer to me as this and mm-hmm. that the response is shouldn't be no or it shouldn't be you know whatever it should just be okay great mm-hmm. and and that's really simple <laughs> it's so simple yeah um, doesn't have to be angst involved <laughs> and yeah. and everyone goes on their merry way so mm-hmm. um yeah so both both of those things I wanted to make sure to have examples of how those conversations can go for the younger readers who maybe are you know uh use different pronouns or or maybe are you know neurodivergent or sensory defensive or whatever versus you know the the people on the other side of that conversation how you know when having those conversations having an example of how a character you know manages the other the other side of that Mm -hmm. yeah I think I think not always, but in the past, I've definitely read some stuff where if a character does have any kind of like sensory thing, it is 
it like the for some reason feels like a need to be justified with like some kind of like trauma like it's like and then mm-hmm. the other character will understand it be like oh that's why oh, okay well then now I'll respect you and that's never even like that's not part of the conversation it's like what you said it's literally like simple mm-hmm. oh okay good got it all right moving on next thing like we I understand that about you now as a person our relationship is like shifted slightly and even in my yeah. like chalk conversation like chalk example I did mm-hmm. feel the need to have to tell that person you know oh I can't touch it you know mm-hmm. or, or I'm not going to be able to come up here and talk when I, I shouldn't have to but yeah. you know I it comes off as <laughs> you know rude <laughs> a little right. bit like oh no no thanks for offering but well it's happening. like the worst thing to like I don't want to come across as a diva but it's just like I don't I don't want to do this thing because it it's going to make me uncomfortable Right. Right. Well, the, it's gonna make yeah. me uncomfortable, and then it's gonna affect how I, you know, go up here and talk for an hour and a half with, a, mm-hmm. you know, somebody else. Because the whole time I'm gonna be thinking, I touch chalk. There's chalk on my hands. I can't. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. You know. Now I feel weird. You know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think also it was nice to even at the like in the very climactic, like very like I don't want to say bad part of the book. The like the they're in the government building and there's like a big battle happening. I don't think son is ever referred to as anything other than their pronouns. Mm-hmm. And I was like waiting for something bad. I was like, Oh no, the horrible government people are going to be terrible. <laughs> and it's just like, no, I'll draw, I draw the line at that. Even shitty say, wizard. Comcast. We will make sure you can't, right? magic, but I won't do that. Even, <laughs> even um like you said shitty wizard cops or or you know respect pronouns um yeah. but there is i will say in the audiobook two people have let me know that in the audiobook there is a moment where son is misgendered accidentally in the audiobook and they've told me where it was and i went and looked in the book and it's not in the book that okay. i have found um hmm. that doesn't mean that you know a mistake didn't happen because as books are being edited, you know, and scenes you change and, and who's speaking changes and, you know, that kind right. of stuff, thing can, things can get moved around and, and that can happen. But they, I, I have not found it in the area where the two people have told me where it happens in the audiobook. I have not found mm-hmm. it in the book, but just FYI for anyone out there that there is a, a moment in the audiobook that son is misgendered, but it doesn't actually happen in the narrative. It's a mistake in the audio. Mm-hmm. Mm. well that's good that i good i didn't see any in the book that i was aware of um yeah so it, it, there's it a probably... continuity mistake in the book <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> yes yes i will not say where no oh, well, I I, i'll have to reread it i guess oh no <laughs> oh the horror oh, you'll buy have a to barnes get and noble exclusive edition, edition oh, from yeah, barnes yeah. and noble no. Oh, oh wait, no. tell us. We were talking about this before we started recording. Tell Sophie about the cool uh, Barnes and Noble exclusive uh, edition stuff. So when I was approached about making um, the extra content for the exclusive edition, so the exclusive edition has the purple cover, um, and it has additional content at um, at the back of the book. And when I was approached about that, I asked. I was like, "Can I make anything?" <laughs> and they were like, "Yes." And I said, are you sure? <laughs> so, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so I got to make a bunch of fun stuff. And one of the, well, so I wanted to do like Yelp reviews, but not use Yelp. So I created a website called Scry. 
<gasps> and it's kind of the, it's the contemporary of Google. And um, so there's scry reviews and it's reviews of Hexagon from different Hell people. Yeah. And then there's a scry chat files. So you can see chats between different characters. And then <laughs> there's, instead of Google Docs, there's scry files and the scry files have the list of objects from the haunted house <laughs> as annotated by Rook and Son. <laughs> oh my god. This and then kind of behind the scenes stuff. And then oh, there's um two completed checklists of Rook's intake form that he does when he gets a call. <laughs> I love, this is great. I love this stuff. This is amazing so, bonus content. I yeah, absolutely so need the, to buy a book. <laughs> yeah, so that's the bonus content. And it's it's really, I had so much fun creating it. When I made the, the checklist, I actually, I sent it to my brother and I was like, what do you think of this checklist? And he was like, it's made, it looks like it was made by someone who uses a lot of checklists. And I was like, I do use a lot of Perhaps. checklists. So it's good. <laughs> so it's professionally done yeah wow <laughs> that's amazing honestly sophie i feel like a barnes and noble trip this weekend perhaps yeah i think we got a- i heard a book think- came out on the 4th of april that we should buy i think everyone <laughs> should get the regular green pink edition because that green and pink is such a cool color combination mm-hmm. and i think yeah. they need to get the purple edition for the extra content and they need to get the fake crate edition for the different color i don't yeah, know I about fake crate that. so y'all talk for a second i'm gonna look into fake crate real quick Oh, well, I okay. also want to look at it. I'll look yeah. at it later. Well, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm trying. I don't know. Is there anything that we haven't touched upon in the book that you wanted to talk about? No, you actually picked up a couple of things that other people have not asked me about, which was really cool, especially the the consortium piece and um, mm. the the magic for hire aspect. Um, oh, yeah. So- I mean, I think as soon as like you were talking kind of well I don't know we were talking earlier about how Antonia is like sort of like you don't really know which side she's on sort of she's like what's her backstory but like as soon as she was like fuck authority I was like I'm all in I don't even care if she's evil I was like I'm down I'm down with her she's great like yeah she's like she doesn't want to file some like whatever clause or whatever she doesn't want to tell people about all this stuff and like do all the bureaucratic crap hell yeah I'm all I, I also you know one of the things that I wanted um, for Antonia is, you know, I had to give her a weakness. She can be like amazing at everything, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, she breaks shit all the time. I, <laughs> Which honestly, it makes sense. She's just so powerful sense. that like she gets excited and the light bulb explodes. Like I get it. That makes just, so much sense to Every time I make coffee, me. the machine just explodes. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Pile of like broken phones in the corner. <laughs> <Right>. like. <laughs> Don't look at them. They're not there. <laughs> it's only been three this week. <laughs> and she tells Rook, she's like, you better answer the phone. Or is there a device that could do that too? And he's like, voicemail? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hello. He's so, he's like so snappy in a way that's like not rude, but is also like, what did you just say to me? It's very like your boss is like 
is like telling you how to do stuff and then they like don't know how to open a pdf yeah and you're like yeah okay so like i understand that you know like the vast secrets of the magic world but like so voicemail is when (laughs) like it's very like that energy dynamic fit very well again like a brilliant kind of like shorthand that really like rooted the relationship well at the beginning i found the fake create book cover oh um can can sun just chill out for two minutes give me a break <laughs> so pretty no, i love I, it. I love the butterflies on that <gasps> one oh my too. god i just noticed them yeah. uh, hello oh and the also the cursed knife the letter yes. opener the letter opener that the creepy doll gets a, a hold of i'm obsessed not me having to buy three copies of a book <laughs> God damn it. Oops. FT, please. <laughs> Bills. I have a baby to support. Um, is I I know you guys you y'all were just talking about it. Is there anything else that we wanted to throw in before we end the episode? I mean, not really that I can think of. Just that, you know, I hope that readers have a fun time reading it. And I hope that readers, you know, find what a message for them in it. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the message I wrote. Um, it could be whatever they they want to find in there that at least gives them uh, a little hope for the future or a little joy during the time that they are um, hanging out with Rick and Son in the book and so yeah that's that's really it my takeaway is fuck authority and always barrel into a job interview and say um so I'm gonna be your apprentice (laughs) yeah (laughs) is that what happened (laughs) No, that's not what happened. <laughs> I mean, he did kind of fall, so I'm almost sort of right. <laughs> he fell on his way out. Welcome, Matt. <laughs> it smashed his face right into the wall. <laughs> the best way to leave a job interview. I do, okay, I do have one last question. I have a question yeah. for y'all. If you could be a character in the book, who would you be? Or if you just wanted to be like a background character, what would you do? I have stunned you into silence. No. (laughs) Um, I feel like I have a lot of grandmother related trauma. Um (laughs) in a way. And I think I I feel like I would love to be rook and to like to find like that sense of belonging. Um Mm -hmm. like spoke to me so much. Just like the familiar ties really like speaks to me. I'm also like a very like a lot person um (laughs) and um i know that like just characters like that just speak to me because i feel like i'm always so much and a lot and (laughs) there's no way to change that (laughs) Uh, um but no i just i i i really liked uh his story i liked that he was very positive even in like you know the bits of the story that were like really difficult he was mm-hmm. like, no, this isn't it. I can't be defeated. Um, I'm a, I'm a literal genius. <laughs> I also like that he was very smart because I feel like a lot of the times in books like this, when like someone is that like energetic and like they're like very himbo, but he, he was, he's quite literally a genius and also like very like, mm-hmm. like fun and outgoing um, I really love that, but I I also really love Sun. I think they're very like, I I think I attract people like that, so I just wouldn't just 
<laughs> respectfully give them a hug. Sophie, what do you think? I don't know if there's like a direct character that I would be like, I would be them, but I do strongly identify with Rook being like, oh, I'm not magical. Just try me. I will brute force my <laughs> way into wait. this. Yeah. Just wait. I will figure out a way to be magical. Like that kind of energy to just be like, no, I'm no, I'm gonna do it anyway. No, I'm no, I'm gonna I'll get there. Just give me some time. You know, give me 20 minutes. That, yeah, no, truly. I just need to Google something real quick. I think yeah, truly. <laughs> that's like really my energy a lot of the time, completely honestly. <laughs> be like, uh, I've never, uh, I don't know, what did I, it's like fixed a screen in my room the other day. And I was like, how do I do this? All right. Yeah, I got it. I'll just go to Lowe's real quick. Let me figure this out. I got it. Yeah. This is fun. Very <laughs> hands on. professional. I yeah. am a professional now. You're the power tool person in our relationship. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I can't be trusted with them. <laughs> I know um, I said that I very much like Sun, but in this world, I would definitely be Herb the Coat Rack. <laughs> <laughs> the most underrated character. Oh, I, I would just be like, you guys again, I'm just going to go stand over here. <laughs> so My- let's flip the table in the office. I'm leaving. <laughs> My other answer was that if I had to pick like a character I would pick the disgruntled barista that is like, show me your sorcerer card before you check out. Come Come on. on. Like, (laughs) come on. I identified that was good energy. I was like, yeah, I like them. (laughs) All right. Um, (laughs) What a note to end on. Yeah. Car horn. Car horn. Um, (laughs) The car horn again. Car horn. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, no. Um, do the outro try yeah. try see if you can do it i dare you okay i can do it <laughs> today nope my phone just vibrated it scared me um <laughs> today we've been talking to ft lukens about their new book spellbound my name is brendan patrick stop sophie <laughs> I'm doing it i'm literally doing oh. nothing my name is Brendan Patrick. That's <laughs> Sophie Green. We had FC Lucans visiting us today, and you've been listening to the Super Lip Podcast. Metro music.